Blog Talk Radio. The following is a presentation of the Wide Man Podcast Network. Good afternoon, everyone. This is TD, and of course, this is Wide Men Can't Score, Episode 6, brought to you from the Great Wide North. How's everybody doing today? Well, she was a rough one this weekend for hockey fans, for a couple of reasons. Uh, First and foremost, um, for those who may not know, there was a horrific, tragic uh, accident uh, over the weekend involving a... Uh, junior hockey league team up here in Canada where well even at last count uh, over half the team is perished in a bus accident uh, horrific news uh, can't say words not enough to even begin to describe any of it um, thoughts and prayers to anyone who's in touch by this in any way and God bless and a speedy recovery to anyone who is up there trying to survive that mess on that somber note, let's move on to the good stuff. Uh, the NHL season ended yesterday, last night, with our last game. Uh, Florida ruined it for the Bruins. Cost them first place in the division and in the league with a 4-2 win. So everything is set to go in the playoffs, but we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, first off, let's go to some NHL news because, of course, as you all know, uh, the regular season ends and out comes the axe. Uh, The New York Rangers didn't even take 10 minutes, it seems. Uh, Their last game was over Saturday, and they announced their coach, Alain Vigneault, has uh, been terminated. Um, The Rangers had a horrific season. Uh, Nowhere near their their expectations, but um, I don't like this move. I don't see that. uh, I know the coach is the guy who's got to go. But uh, they traded away some of their best players. Um, They continue to put their faith in a goalie who was once great and is now only good and some nights only average, Mr. Lundquist. And I know I can hear the rocks coming from New York right now, but facts are facts, gentlemen. Um, He is not the franchise goalie he once was, and uh, they need to make some changes on the ice if they want to see success in the win column. Uh, looking around the league at some other news. Uh, the mess in Carolina continues. Uh, for those of you who maybe don't know the the uh, normal practice of a an NHL team that's been knocked out of the playoffs, uh, everybody will head back to the rink. Uh, there will be a uh, season-ending press conference, and then usually there is a, uh, what I guess you'd call an exit interview where the players will talk with the coach and management and, uh, you know, what their uh, the pitfalls or downfalls or what they think might be uh, something they can do moving forward to make for a more successful year next year. Well, in uh, Carolina, uh, they had their exit interviews, but stunningly, the only guy at them was the owner. Uh, the coach, general manager, 
the usual suspects were not present, which uh, leads uh, speculation that they're <laughs> all going to get fired. And if not, what in God's name is this guy doing? Um, Tom Dundon is a new owner. Um, so no one's quite sure what to expect from this guy. He, he kind of runs the hockey team like it's a, a fortune, you know, like, a, like it's Yahoo or uh, Google or something. Like He runs it like a, a top-notch, uh, cutting-edge uh, business, which, of course, a hockey team is not. Um, so that's an interesting thing. So Lord only knows what's going on there. Rumor is it uh, he wanted to hire a new uh, general manager, but he only wanted to pay them $400,000 which I know I can hear everybody saying $400,000. Well, that's, uh, that's a pretty good chunk of change, but it's not for a NHL general manager. It's not even half of what a guy should get, and particularly in a mess like Carolina. So we'll keep our eye on that to see if uh, anything happens there. Uh, coach is probably going to get fired in the next couple of days, but well, like I said, we'll see. Um, in other news, Eric Carlson of the uh, Ottawa Senators, the much maligned Ottawa Senators, another team where they have a coach that could go uh, Guy Boucher uh, on pretty shaky ground there in Ottawa. Um, I don't know what it says about a franchise when your best player is going to be a uh, unrestricted free agent next year and you haven't signed him yet. Uh, you haven't even attempted to sign him yet. And in fact, you've kind of basically... Sort of beat around the bush and said the only way you are going to sign them is at a discount. Um, <laughs> this is not how you want to run a f- successful franchise, gentlemen. Uh, so eyes on that because if Eric Carlson is up on the trade block, that's going to make for an interesting summer because there's probably not a team out there that wouldn't or couldn't use him. So then it will depend on what they think he's worth and what people are willing to pay. And they've sort of got him by the shorties there in Ottawa because uh, if you really wanted him, let's say you're, for sake of argument, you're the uh, Philadelphia Flyers and you want Eric Carlson and your general manager calls up Ottawa and says, hey, what's it going to take to get him out of Ottawa to Philly? Well, we'd like, uh, you know, I don't know, just for sake of argument, we'd like Sean Couturier, uh, Nolan Patrick and a first round draft pick and uh, Philadelphia goes no that's too much uh, but of course that makes the news that that was the offer Eric Carlson hears that news and goes oh they would really like me in Philadelphia perhaps I just play this year out in Ottawa and at the end of the season when I'm no longer under contract I get signed by Philadelphia Ottawa gets nothing. I put the boots to them. I help out my nice new team in Philadelphia by them acquiring me for nobody. And Ottawa is left on the short end. It's happened before. So, Ottawa, wake up. Uh, Zipping across the coast in Canada up to Vancouver, uh, where are, of course, if you didn't know, the sitting twins uh, retired and then promptly went out in the final game in Vancouver, uh, scored a goal, one of them scored a goal in regular time, assisted by the other one, of course, and then they went out and scored the winner in overtime in the same way. Uh, Couldn't have scripted it any better. Uh, 
But as I said last week, um, I really believe that uh, as much as the Sedins were a huge part of Vancouver, uh, they never got them. Well, they got them to the final once. They didn't win. They've never even been close since. That chapter, you know, it's it's tough when a, a hero, or heroes in this case, their skills are, they're not horrible yet, but they're starting to diminish, and you can see the writing's on the wall. And yeah, they could probably play for another two or three years and be mediocre, but they're smart enough not to. They're getting out of the way, and they're letting the franchise move forward without dragging it down into the mud. I give credit to those guys because it can't be easy to quit. can't be easy to walk away from that glory and that salary, particularly. But they're going to, so good on them. And uh, Vancouver's got some work to do, but at least, you know, that's one more part of the puzzle that is crystal clear. Uh, In keeping in Vancouver, their rookie sniper, Brock Besser, his... uh, visiting the doctor as we speak about his injured wrist. But his recovery is uh, on schedule and expected to be 100%, which is uh, good news for Vancouver because he appears to be their, at least a large part of their future moving forward. Uh, let's see what else have we got a note. Um, here's something that I don't know how some people feel about this. Uh of course, when the uh, regular season in the NHL ends, there's always a uh, mad rush of who may go play in the World Championships of the teams that have been eliminated. And, of course, that always brings with it a certain amount of, uh, well, why won't that guy go? How come they didn't ask that guy? Oh, that guy we hate. Why would he go? Because, um, you know, there's closet general managers everywhere. Um, the Islanders have sent a slew of players. Uh, and I guess what, what I'm really trying to get at is uh, if you owned a multi, you know, there's not a there's not a franchise even in the NHL that's not worth at least $400 million, even the shittiest one, up to over a billion. Would you let your employees go and play games where they could possibly get hurt and there is no uh, financial recourse for you. Uh, in particular, the Islanders are sending Matt Barzell, Jordan Eberle, Ryan Pollock, and Anthony Bobillier, I believe is how you pronounce it, all young. Well, Eberle's not real young anymore, but still. A uh, pretty big part of their team and rookies. Um, I applaud them for wanting to go play for their uh, nation. But I can also see the owner side of things. That, you know, I've got a you know, multi-million-dollar assets out there that could get hurt and ruin my hundreds of million-dollar franchise, and I get nothing. Um, I'm not sure how the insurance works. I believe the player is protected, but not the franchise. If I'm wrong about that, someone could correct me, but I don't think I am. Um, so just something interesting is uh, Connor McDavid, of course, from the Oilers, is also headed there. Um, you know, can you imagine uh, the uproar if uh, Connor McDavid dresses for Team Canada and some yokel from, and I'm not picking on, don't get me wrong, but somebody from a smaller country who 
out to make a name for himself, decides he's going to take a run at Connor McDavid and hurts him. And he misses significant time or gets a concussion or something crazy like that for the World Championships, which admittedly, in the big scheme of things, it's not really that important. Um, just something to think about. Because there are other teams. Chicago has a, a slew of players going as well for the uh, uh, most of them to Team USA and then a couple to uh, Slovakia. And uh, I, I don't know. It's just one of those one of those endless debates about whether it's worth the effort. Uh, you know, whether it's good for a player to go and you know, work on his game some more, or if these guys need rest and should just stay home and let the amateurs handle it. Um, you know, I guess each to their own. But I'm kind of on sitting on the fence on that one. But still a news story nonetheless. Um, uh, Arizona, out in the desert, worst record in hockey. Um, we've got a defenseman, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, one of the better ones in the league, despite his statistics, because of course he plays in Arizona, where he's playing against the uh, league's best players, and they're horrible, and he's getting shell shocked. Um, he's come out and said he would love to. Uh, stay in Arizona which lifted some eyebrows because usually most NHL players would like a chance to win some hockey games so here's Oliver Larson um, is he a good guy for wanting to stay and build the team is he out of his mind for not wanting to leave when he's got a chance to go um uh, two ways to look at that too I guess but I guess I I, I kind of like the loyalty although I question uh, to some degree too why you wouldn't want to go somewhere where you could uh, be more competitive but maybe he knows something I don't and uh, he's content to stay there uh, moving on to my uh, favorite sack of rocks to kick the good old Edmonton Oilers um, their coach Todd McClellan uh, whom I usually am not a big fan of, uh, scored some points with me by coming out and taking the blame. Um, and I quote, the performance of the team is on my shoulders. I'm the head coach, and I accept all responsibility for that and our results. Well, boy, that is a refreshing thing to see where uh, lack of success is not met with a thousand excuses of, well, you know, if we'd have just had this, or if that just would have happened, or if this guy wouldn't have got hurt, or if this guy could have just, you know, whatever it might be. It was nice to see somebody actually say, we were bad, it's my fault, and I take the blame. It's what a, what a, what good leadership actually does. It might cost him his job because they're in for a full review there, too. You can't have two of the best players or supposedly the best players in the league and finish where they finished uh, with a power play and a penalty kill as bad as theirs. Um, That being said, they still believe in their assessment. Well, not there. 
his assessment of the Edmonton Oilers is that their pace of play needs to improve and their power play and penalty kill. Um, They've already got some of the youngest, fastest forwards in the league. In fact, one would argue probably, without getting really deep into statistics, I'm going to say at least top five for speed. So I'm not sure how being any faster is going to help them. They need some defense, and they need a goalie. But they refuse to throw Cam Talbot under the bus, which I'll give them, you know, there again, I'll give them credit for the uh, uh, loyalty thing. But Cam Talbot is not, nor will he ever be, a Vesna-winning NHL Stanley Cup goalie, in my opinion. And he'll have to prove me wrong before I'll say otherwise. Um, as I said, the Oilers need some D. They need a netminder. And they need a few forwards who understand uh, as much about defense as they do about offense. Not unlike a lot of teams. Uh, all right, enough of the kick in the Oilers while they're down. Uh, interesting quote out of Buffalo where star forward Ryan O'Reilly in his uh, end-of-season press conference departure um, basically come out and said he doesn't really like hockey all that much. I've lost the, the love of the game multiple times this year. Uh, it's eaten me up and it's tough. Um, I suppose that is a natural feeling to have for anyone about anything in their life if they, you know, when things aren't going good. But God, man, you don't say it out loud. You just don't say it out loud, especially when your team has been that bad. So now my question is, well, if you've lost your love of the game and you feel lost, um, would you like to give back some of that salary you've been making? Because you obviously have not been here 100%. You know, seven and a half million dollar uh, cap hit, um, and then the rest of your players read this. Does that not piss you off ever so slightly? You're out there busting your ass, and then you find out that this guy's been half-assing it for most of the year. Maybe that's how you get to be as bad as Buffalo is. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting thing for a player to say. Um, then there's the Rangers, who, of course, we mentioned already, didn't wait for the uh, last uh, Zambo- Zamboni work to freeze, and they had fired their coach. Um, their general manager, Jeff Gordon, who's a younger guy and is trying to put his stamp on the team, I believe, says they need a new voice. Um, my first question is, does that not also include the general manager, who is the person who, I don't know, picks the players to play on the team? Just saying. What new voice, what 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 is this voice responsible for or not responsible for? You hired the assistants. You, they fired all the assistants also, including their head coach. But they need a new voice, so I'm going to guess that means a voice that is a puppet to uh, his voice, which I'm not arguing with. That's how it works. You know, the general manager usually is the guy responsible for the coach, and when he isn't, uh, or for hiring the coach, and when he isn't, he usually gets his way eventually and gets his man in there. 
Um, I don't know. You couldn't give me enough money to coach in uh, New York. Um, after reading that story, it came out that they're already wanting to sign Ilya Kovalchuk back to the NHL after his, I don't know what it's been, uh, two or three year absence. Um, he's going to want a boatload of money. Uh, he's, I mean, he was a decent offensive player. I don't know what he's got left anymore. He's three years older and three years slower. Um, but boy, that's got to be a hard sell in the rest of your, your lineup. And, uh, hey boys, you've been toiling here and working your butts off and getting nowhere. Here's Ilya and his $18 million contract. It'll be nice. Play nice now. Yeah, I don't know how that works. That seems like a recipe for disaster in the dressing room. But you're the New York Rangers, and you know what? I don't like them, so all the worst to them, and I hope they flounder miserably. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Who, for the first time in a long time, I want to say nine years, are not in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Have been an interesting move on some levels. Um, giving a vote of confidence to their general manager, Stan Bowman, and their head coach, uh, Joel Quenville. Uh, two schools of argument on the whole coaching thing. Uh, when you fire someone, Usually, what's the first thing you know they ask about? Uh, well, you know, in the new in the new hire, um, what would what 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 qualities would they want him to have? Well, we'd like to get a proven winner. Well, okay, in Chicago's case, you've got a proven winner. Joel Quenville is way up there on the list of winningest coaches. Um, he's not a hundred years old either, so the game hasn't passed him by, so that argument doesn't work. Um. The only way that he can't put a winner on the on the ice is if he isn't given the players to do so. Now, Chicago, for those of you who don't know, um, as the story goes, uh, the players, particularly Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, didn't demand to management, but heavily suggested that they were in favor of a trade that brought Brandon Saad back to Chicago for Artery Panarin, who was, uh, I believe, Rookie of the Year, um, was scoring goals like crazy. Now, why they wanted to make this move, I'm not quite sure. Brandon Saad's a decent hockey player, but he's no Artari Panar, and that's for damn sure. Uh, they made that trade, and it was a horrible mess. Uh, Panarin went to Columbus and lit the lamp again all year, proving that he was not a fake and not a product of uh, Patrick Kane's help. Uh, Brandon Saad came over, and I believe he threw up 30 points, I think. But not anything they couldn't have got out of anybody, pretty much. Um, I guess what I'm getting to is there is uh, perhaps the GM needs to go in Chicago. Uh, they had a bit of bad luck. The goaltender got hurt, and they could never ever come up with a replacement, really. But these things happen. Um, so there again, isn't that kind of the responsibility of the general manager to have a 
a backup and somebody tucked away in the juniors or in the AHL that you can bring up. Um, yes. So uh, that for me, uh, Dan Bellman is lucky that he has a job today. That's my, in my opinion. Um, some other small uh, things. Uh, in regards to uh, the World Championships, uh, NHL star from Buffalo, Jack Eichel, will not play for the USA. Uh, Sam Reinhart uh, had a pretty rough year this year in Buffalo, so he's declined to play for Canada. Um, he's uh, an RFA without a contract. And as he said, I don't want to get hurt because I'm going to be without one then. And so, smart move by him. Um, keeping with Buffalo, their other rookie, or maybe not rookie, but young defensive star has declined to play in Finland. That's uh, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, for those who don't know the name. Uh, in Montreal, Alex Gilchenyuk has said he will not go to play for, I believe it's Russia. Um, that was a bit of a eye-opener, because usually those guys are in quite a hurry to go play for their home countries. But for whatever reason, he is not. Um, so uh, you can question that, that perhaps he has an injury. Perhaps he's a wuss. Perhaps he's just done with losing for a year, because it had to have been a long one in Montreal. And uh, so he's preemptive strike to anyone asking him by saying he he wasn't uh, going to go, period. And that's the NHL news in a nutshell. So let's have a look at the time of year that we all are dying for. It's been a long one. It's been a long struggle. Um, a lot of sweat and tears and blood have flowed again this year. To get us to this point, the uh, playoffs will begin on Wednesday night. And we have got some very intriguing matchups. Um, I'm going to go way out and say this is the first time in a long time that I don't, no one, I, I'm not sure if it's ever happened or not happened, but I'm going to say there will not be any 4-0 sweeps. There's a little too much parity in the NHL for that to take uh, place. Um, that ding you heard is, and there again is Matt Jr. asking about playoff picks. I'm getting to it. Um, anyway, back to the playoffs. Uh, in the West. The number one Nashville Predators taking on the second wild card team, the Colorado Avalanche, who got into the playoffs with a last day victory over the St. Louis, driving St. Louis out. Um, on paper, this is a no brainer. Predators significantly better than Colorado. Finished significantly higher. Um, Colorado has uh, their second-string goalie, Jonathan Bernier, in net as their regular Vermolov is out with an injury. Um, the Predators 
don't have a flashy team, but all around are a powerhouse. Uh, most of the professionals, the writers, etc., are calling this one in five. Um, I'm going to say the Predators probably win this series, but it ain't going to be in five. It's going to be in six, and it might even be in seven. Um, you've got the age-old story here of a team uh, in Nashville who has already been anointed, maybe not a Stanley Cup champion, but you know they're going to be the team from the West to represent. And you've got Colorado, who oh, nobody gives a snowball's chance in hell of uh, even winning the game, barely. That's a dangerous recipe. Uh, the Predators, while uh, did make Stanley Cup Final last year and lost, are still a young team. That's their only real playoff experience. Sure, it's better than none, uh, like a lot of the Colorado players, but you know this is not some seasoned veteran team who's been there ten times and uh, knows what it takes necessarily. Um. This is going to be a lot closer than people think. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, um, Gabriel Landeskog, they got a few other guys. They're young, hungry, with nothing to lose. Um, as I said, I'll, I'll take Nashville in six, but this is going to be a good tight series because uh, Colorado's got nothing to lose, and they're going to throw it all out there and let it hang. And when teams do that, all it takes is a hot goalie or an injury or, Lord forbid, somebody goes into a slump, and it happens every year. Um, you know, Pekka Rennie for Nashville, who's you know, at least on the Vesna finalist list, um, has a couple bad games, and suddenly you're looking at the short end of a series. So uh, it could happen. But as I said, I'll give my... Uh, I'll throw my uh, prediction at Nashville in six. Uh, moving on, the second-place Winnipeg Jets versus the three-seed Minnesota Wilds in, the, in their division. That's a two and a three, not overall. Um, this is another one where some of the professionals are calling for sweep in uh, no way is this going to be any sweep. Um, there again, we've got a Jets team who had a spectacular regular season. Uh, Patrick Laney, uh, Blake Wheeler, uh, and crew there, Mark Shifley, the, the list is they're 10 deep. Uh, and Connor Hellebuck in net was superb. 44 wins, set a record for American goalies. Uh, you know, all the stats are there. But there's zero playoff experience. None. Um, I can't even... I mean, there's, they've got maybe Dustin Bufflin play on the Stanley Cup in Chicago. Uh, but of their big names, not much experience. Um, and in net, none. Uh, Minnesota, on the other hand, more of a veteran team. Uh, yeah, they got some young guys too, but more of a veteran team. Breeze, Ryan Suter, um, Eric Stahl, these kind of guys. Uh, again, on paper, 
Winnipeg should take care of Minnesota easily. But uh, hockey is a game of ups and downs and breaks more than any other sport and definitely more than any other sport, a team game. Very rarely can one or two guys, uh, they may swing a game, but they will, they, they will not swing a series unless it's a goalie. Um, if Hellebuck is only average, Winnipeg could lose. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's a possibility. You can't rule it out because anything that happened in the regular season matters squat. Nothing drives me more crazy than they go, well, uh, overall, the uh, Jets are 42-17 and 17 against Minnesota in the regular season. Who cares? That, that's a, such a meaningless stat. What happened two years ago between these teams means nothing. What happened last in January between these two teams means nothing. They're different teams now. Playoffs a whole new slate. Uh, Winnipeg is going to have to come out firing, and they better win their two games at home. Because if they don't, they might get lulled into a boring tra- semi-trap style of hockey where they wake up and they lost 2-1, to one, or, you know, they lose a 3-2 game or something like that. And, I mean, it could happen, and we'll take a harder look at that in the next series. Um, I'm going to go Winnipeg in six. Uh, it could be five, but it could also be seven, but I'll take Winnipeg in six. Um, next up, we got Vegas Golden Knights against the Los Angeles Kings. A perfect example of what does the regular season mean, and how does it stack up against a team who has oh, probably at least half their roster has won two or three Stanley Cups? Now, Vegas was spectacular during the regular season. Did a little bit of everything. Uh, never hit any really big losing sprees. A couple of their goalies got injured earlier in the year. Um, they've got a tried and tested uh, NHL playoff goaltender in uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. But after that, uh, very little if none playoff experience. And as we all know, the playoff game of hockey is, uh, again, probably more than any other sport, is a totally different beast than the regular season. Uh, I don't think in baseball that the umpiring gets more nitpicky in the in the playoffs. I don't think it does in the football, and uh, I'm not as sure about basketball. But indefinitely in hockey, the rules change in the playoffs. Things that were penalties, uh, the rougher side of the game is, unless this year is a change in that direction for some reason. No, no reason why that would be that I can come up with. But normally, um, that stuff is allowed in the playoffs, and the games are a much more physical affair. The Los Angeles Kings were built for this kind of hockey. That's why the team was how the team got assembled. Um, this one is definitely a seven-gamer. And depending on the split, if the Kings can steal home ice, uh, a.k.a. they can win one of the first games in Vegas, 
and leave Vegas 1-1, they'll win the series. That's my prediction. I'll say if that happens, it's L.A. in 7. If Columbus can get out of there 2-0 and back to L.A., they'll win the series in 7. But this is going to be, I think, probably one of the closest series. And uh, depending on whether they, like I said, if they let them play, I don't think Vegas can match L.A.'s ugliness. And that's going to be the difference in the uh, in the series. Um, after that, we got the last one in the uh, West. And this is going to be a doozy, too. Anaheim Ducks versus the San Jose Sharks. Um, San Jose having, or Anaheim having home ice. Um, both of these teams filled with veterans. Um, rumor is that John Gibson will be back on net, back in net for the Ducks. Uh, Marty Jones, great goalie for the Sharks. Um, this is going to be a, or should be a, Smash them up, beat down, old-time hockey kind of series. These teams, they don't like each other. They get the whole geographic thing going. Um, nobody should be tired because the travel is non-existent uh, compared to some of the other ones who have got a... You know, they don't have to fly a ton, but way more than uh, than that. I, I don't even know that they even have to fly. For, they probably will, but it can't be much of a flight from Anaheim to... San Jose. Um, yeah, this is going to be a dirty, beat-down, knock-down, smash-em-up series. It could go any which way. Uh, the only glaring difference for me is the Ducks have got Getzlaff and Perry, and the Sharks do not have Marlow and Sarden anymore. And that's a whole lot of hockey player to lose especially in the playoffs. So uh, with that in mind, I go Ducks in six games. So there's the first half of the playoffs. Look at, writing them down, keeping track so that uh, you can't say I didn't say so. Uh, headed over to the east. And the number one Tampa Bay Lightning against the Second wild card, a.k.a. eighth place, New Jersey Devils. Um, This is a series in the East where, again, on paper and prediction-wise, well, Tampa Bay just wipes the ice up with the Devils. Uh, I'm going to go way against the grain on this one. I have not liked what I've seen from Tampa Bay. Their goaltender is exhausted. Uh, Lord knows without a good goalie in the playoffs you aren't going to win the Devils have done nothing but play good the second half of the season Um, yeah Tampa Bay has got an offense that can probably well not probably can win games despite their poor goaltending and average defense but again this is the playoffs we're talking about if the Devils are allowed to clutch and grab and uh, clog up the middle on Tampa. Tampa Bay could be in trouble. Uh, this one, this is the TT upset of the playoffs. 
Devils in six games, a Lightning go home yet again, wondering what went wrong. There you have it. I'm, I'm not a Lightning fan, although I admire their skill sets. they got some great players. Um, I just, like I said, I don't like what I've seen from them. Uh, if I had to bet my money, I'm betting it on the Devils. Uh, which leads us to Washington against Columbus. Now, there were a few of us that were hoping that Columbus could play Pittsburgh so that we could see a replay of last year's hate fest. But we got even better this year, so we'll live with Washington against Columbus. Um, This is another one on paper where Washington should get it done, but barely. Uh, The Blue Jackets are a little weak up the middle compared to Washington. Uh, My trouble with Washington might be their goaltending. Um, Braden Holpe has not looked very good in the last while. Uh, Columbus has been lights out in the second half. Oh, boy, this is a tough one. I mean, Washington's playoff history is the shit. Columbus really doesn't have much of a playoff history. There's not a lot to go by there. Um, This is another one where if the Capitals don't win, they're going to have to maintain home ice. And if they don't, they're going to lose. I'm going to take Capitals in seven. I could be wrong about this one. I wouldn't be upset if I was. Um, but that should be a good matchup. Um, Which leads us to the most anticipated matchup. And I can hear the ears of my good friend Tom Robinson, a Philadelphia fan, born and raised. Uh, His ears just went, huh? Flyers, playoffs, what's this now? Number two ranked Penguins against the number three Philadelphia Flyers, who got into the playoffs with a... um, victory over I can't even remember who they were playing but it was a nice solid win uh, Claude Giroux had a hat trick all the guys did what they were supposed to do they go into the playoffs how a team should uh, clicking on all four um, uh, once again though the problem with the Philadelphia Flyers is in the net and on the on the blue line um They've got two really good defensemen in uh, Pavarov, or however you say it, the Russian, and uh, Shane Gospahar. But they're more uh, offensive defensemen. Um, they don't really have that, that big uh, rush-stopping beast back there that puts fear into the hearts of forwards. And Brian Elliott in that is just scary. And if he goes down, they're in big trouble because they ain't got nobody else. And that's saying something. Uh, that being said, the Penguins are not far behind. In, in the, they have the same sort of team. Um, in the net, they got Murray. But if he gets hurt, they've had a carousel of goalies uh, for the year um, with no experience. Uh, their defense, shaky at best. Uh, all their All their power and strength is invested up front. Um, you know, they're two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, you are going to have to play at the top of your game for seven games, and even then that might not be enough if you're the Flyers. Um, I like the Flyers. 
I think they got a good team. Uh, the hatred between the two cities will, will help because it should be a barn burner in those games. They should be fun to watch, on, even on TV, because the crowd should really be into it. But I'm going to have to go with the Penguins in seven. Uh, it's just too hard when I look at their core players. Um, Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Giroux, Couturier, Voracek. Uh, it's fairly even, but then Pittsburgh throws in Hornquist and Latang, and then seven other guys who have 15 goals, and the Flyers have nothing to. They have nothing to match that with, and as we've said before. Hockey is probably the ultimate team sport, um, and at this and in the playoffs, even more so. Everybody's got to bring it. If you don't, you will lose. So uh, I'm gonna take Penguins in seven. This is another really evenly matched series that, if uh, in a week's time, or however long it takes them, eleven days or whatever it is to play the first round, if somebody said the Flyers won the series, I would not go. My God, no way. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all. And that brings us to our last series, which I've saved for last on purpose. Uh, Boston Bruins versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is, again, one of the most intriguing matchups with a uh, different style of play and a team that is on the rise versus a team that no one thought would be that good this year, uh, being the Bruins. Um, They have over-exceeded in every department, and good for them. Um, Tuka Rask was horrible at the beginning of the year. Uh, Antoine Kudobin came in and played really good. Uh, That woke Tuka Rask up, and he's been great ever since. Uh... Their defense, who everyone thought was patchwork quilt, has been solid all year, even though it kind of is patchwork quilt because they've got the aging Zdeno Chara, who admittedly doesn't really look that good anymore, but still gets a lot done based on reputation and just because he's so fucking big that uh, he can make still make some plays just because he's got the reach. Um, and after that, maybe they've got Tory Krug, and Charlie McAvoy, but you know, that's three defensemen out of out of six uh, up front. Uh, they got the usual suspects: uh, Bergeron, Marchand, uh, David Pasternak, and then they've picked up some young boys who have filled in admirably, and they've gotten it done this year. Uh, you know, full marks to them. Um, the Maple Leafs, on the other hand. Uh, Frederick Anderson in net, good, solid goalie. Doesn't let in the softies very often. Exactly what you need in the playoffs. But doesn't have a lot of playoff experience, if any. Uh, well, last year, I guess. But uh, the least defense is good, but young. Uh, but mobile. And up front, uh, to be honest, they, there's not a team in the league that can match them up front. 
They have four lines that can kill you. Uh, they've got speed. Uh, they've got skill. The only thing they're missing probably a bit is um, the uh, toughness on the on the blue line. They don't have. Now apparently I have a call. So we will go ahead. Uh, you are on the air, sir. What's up? Uh, nothing. We're just uh, getting on the last playoff matchup, which, which I was almost finished. And then uh, well, we've got a few minutes left at the end for some chit-chat. Well, here's the thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, it's actually hockey-related, believe it or not. Uh, well, let's get to it. Las Vegas. How about those guys? How about which guys? The, the Golden Knights in Las Vegas. Well, good team. What about them? Well, it was brought to my attention. Because, you know, I'm not a hockey guy, um, per se. But they are an expansion team. This is their first year in existence, yeah. And they are so they are they, they're leading the Pacific. Am I correct in that? That is correct. They are the number. I believe they were the number two seed out of the West. Okay, so they lead the Pacific, and they are the first. This is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this may be. I don't know about hockey, but in the big four sports. Uh, this may be the first time in history that a first-year team, whether it be any of the four sports, is in the playoffs. And not even in the playoffs, um, it, but... It is, in fact, I can, I can, I know the stat, they have the most successful record of any uh, expansion franchise in any major sport ever. Yeah, that's impressive. Because normally it, when you it is. just put a team in. When you just put a team in, and I and I can tell from you know watching the Houston Texans play football, and that's the most recent one that comes to mind. Expansion teams are normally awful for a couple of years. Granted, they get better, but usually, um, like, what do you well, first what do off, you, they, sir, as the hockey? As the hockey expert, what do you attribute to their success in this first year? Well, first off, they had a unique um, expansion draft where they were not forced, uh, and I don't know about the other sports, but previously in hockey, um, you were kind of forced to pick the nobodies. Yeah. And the way they did it this time around was the, the existing teams – could only protect so many players off their active rosters. So they had to leave. Some teams had no choice but to leave players on the unprotected list that were good. Uh, yeah. Uh, as is, you so can see like, in Vegas' goalie. I mean, they have they have a Stanley Cup winning goaltender on their team, oh. which in previous drafts would have never happened. <laughs> there would have been no way. That you could have ever. They adopted. Uh, they adopted the uh, basketball way of doing things because the uh, 
into basketball here, but the T-Wolves in 89 drafted Rick Mahorn away from the Pistons in the expansion draft, which broke up the, the bad boys of Detroit. So that was the start of their downfall. But nevertheless, no, I, uh, I very think to the, the NHL. Yeah, the NHL wanted to make sure that for the amount of money that was spent on that franchise, which was a ridiculous sum of money, that they at least had to have something on the ice that people would go see, that they couldn't be so bad. Like I believe, and and people, I'm sure somebody could go look it up, but I think there's been NHL previous expansion teams that have won like single-digit games in a year. So yeah. you know you can't you know you can't expect people to go and pay you know two hundred dollars a seat for tickets and the home team is getting beat fourteen to two. You know nobody's going to go watch, well, especially in a market that is not a traditional hockey market. Well, and not even that they're not really a traditional market for anything. Vegas is a destination right. city. There's not so, a there's you know, not a big market in Vegas for anything. So you know, it's so one of those as we all know. You know what? What brings people to the stadium faster than winning? Nothing. Maybe, maybe like really well, good naked, naked women, women and free beer. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, you know, mean, win, winning might... is a tonic, and it makes it makes yeah, people I mean, feel like you know this is this is my team. We are winning. Yeah. You know, Vegas isn't winning. We are winning. Um, as I, they could you know, I a free beer would get me to a baseball game. I I don't suspect. Um, I will be very surprised if they get out of the first round. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, they're playing a. They've they've got a shitty matchup. They're playing a a team that's won the cup a couple times in the last seven or eight years. Um, the, the playoffs is a different beast. While I have you on, uh, because I didn't know. Um, does the refereeing in the in the NBA tighten up in the playoffs? Uh, it, it all really depends. Um, you know, it's one of those those ideas of the refereeing. You know, the refereeing in the NCAA tournament gets more ticky tacky, and they, they're more apt to call more fouls. The NBA is a different animal entirely, where They'll call. They'll call those calls, and you're going to get probably more of your your stars are going to get more of your calls. But mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. See, so in, in hockey, it's the opposite. the The whistles tend to go away, and the rough stuff and the clutching and grabbing that usually gets called during the regular season does not in the playoffs. So hey. for the high flying. So for the high-flying teams like Vegas, who is kind of a run-and-gun sort of team, um, yeah. if if the referees let them play, which they usually do, haven't, playoffs haven't started yet, so who knows for this year, the team they're playing is the kind of team that will thump them into oblivion. And if they allow that to happen, the, the Vegas doesn't have anybody to answer with, in my opinion. Uh, okay. If they let them play hockey... Vegas has got they do they have a good enough team on paper? Certainly. There is no um this year is a bizarre year. There are no weak teams. None. You could uh, wake me up in ten days and, and tell me that every um lower ranked team won and I wouldn't be that surprised. 
hockey, unlike the NBA, if people listen to the hockey show, they they probably listen to the NBA show too. Uh, Unlike the NBA where you can normally pick the teams that are going to make it, hockey is a completely different thing where – and and honestly, of all the four major sports, hockey – Hockey's probably the most balanced. It is a game where very rarely can one guy swing a game. Yeah. Not like basketball where a LeBron or a Steph Curry or somebody like that can put a team on his back and have a 55-point night and win a game. Very rarely yeah. does that happen in hockey, and even more so in the playoffs, because the play just does not allow it. So, and it's more of a team sport too. You can't uh, you can't put guys out there for fifty eight minutes of a hockey game. They just can't do it. Unlike basketball, no, no where some of the stars will will play you know a significant amount of minutes. Um, it's going to be interesting. Looking forward to it. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, what do you, how do you feel about your pits? How do you feel about your Penguins drawing the Philadelphia Flyers? They couldn't have scripted that any better if they were trying to. That's going to be fun. No, that is going to like. Let me tell you, that is going to be a barn burner. You'll be able to hear the people screaming in Philadelphia, in West Virginia. Oh yeah, Philly's a Philly's a rabid market, and um, I've I've been to Pittsburgh. Um, several times, and I've never got to actually see a hockey game. I'd love to because you know I do like me some penguins. But uh, them drawing Philly, I think the difference geography-wise is maybe 200 miles, if that. So if and you know Philly and Pittsburgh are going to try to cancel each other out, where you know don't sell any of your tickets to a Philly fan or or any of that. Oh, yeah. So let's make sure you know. And Pittsburgh and Philly definitely they hate each other. They always have. Philly's the city yeah, of champions runs pretty deep. right now. Philly's the city of champions right now, but the Steelers used to, you know, they have all those Super Bowls, and well, there, there's a they lot are of great talent to come out of Pittsburgh. They are the Go champions ahead. except in hockey, where Pittsburgh is the two-time defending champion. So. That's right. I'll tell you this, Tim, in my expert opinion, Philly or Pittsburgh is two-time defending champions, and I and I don't follow hockey like you do. I really I don't. But I don't think they're going to do it again this year. I just have that gut. Um, you might not be wrong. As much there. As I'm they're going to have a harder. They're going to have a harder time good. this year. You know, they got it's through Washington gonna a, it's last gonna be a year. It's going to be a war. A beating. One thing you can well, say about let's look the it this way. Whoever the gets top, through the NHL uh, playoffs, they earn it. The uh, top six teams, point-wise, in the entire league are all on one side. So if you're going to get to the final, you're going to have to beat five. Well, maybe not five. You're probably going to have to beat at least two of the top five teams to get there. There's just no way around it. So... Yeah, no, if you make it to the Stanley Cup final, you deserve to be there. It's too hard to get there. It's not, you know, and because it's not a one-game thing or like football or that sort of stuff. Well, let me ask you one more thing, and then I'll let you get back to doing what you're doing. Sorry for the run-in, but I got, oh, out, of, no problem. got out early, so I figured I'd do a run-in and talk a little hockey. 
for what little bit I know. Um, just going to run this by you. Are you a – because there's a lot of talk about this in the NBA. Um, are you a proponent of taking hockey and instead of doing they, – because they do east-west in hockey. They divide it up. Are you a proponent of the top 16 teams or however many? I, I assume it's 16. Uh, they get in yeah. and they're ranked based on record and points and all that. And they play each other that way. So that way maybe you don't have the top six teams in terms of points I all am. on one side. The only problem with that, um, and it's not a problem necessarily for me, but it's a problem for the Players Association, is travel. Because you can end up with yeah. uh Two teams who end up being geographically, you know, Detroit is playing, I don't know, uh, Pittsburgh, and they're, you know, two-hour flight. And the Florida Panthers are playing the Vancouver Canucks, and they've got to fly across the country in the same amount of time. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, Well, and that, that could be, you know, you could argue, well, whatever, but you know, is that a – how fair is that? I mean, there's still going to be some injustice because, like, Winnipeg is in the middle of the country. It doesn't matter who's going yeah. there. They're probably going to have to – you know, um, we've got – in the first round, you've got Anaheim's playing San Jose. Well, I'm guessing that that is a, not a very far trip as opposed to – No, it's not too bad. Uh, I mean, most of them aren't that bad, but – Who's Washington? Like Washington is playing uh, Minnesota, so that's a little further. It's not a ridiculous amount, but it's a little further. Um, yeah, that's the problem with the one versus sixty. I know why the league does it. It's for TV. They want to keep uh, what they consider to be an East Coast team playing against the West Coast team, so that there's viewers from the majority of the big city markets. Yeah. Well, San Jose to Anaheim is uh, San Jose to Anaheim is a six-hour trip via car. Okay, so. but on an airplane. Oh, oh yeah, you're there in that's an hour. You know, an hour and a half. If that. So yeah, so now let's say that let's say for argument's sake, um, Anaheim wins that game, and their next their next series is against Los Angeles. Okay, again, that's very little travel. Whereas, let's say, Toronto or Boston beats, wins, and they have to fly to Tampa Bay. Which is significantly further. Yeah. Now, it's not a horrible flight, but it's it's not no hour and a half puddle jump. Okay, well, after seven games of that, who's probably going to be more rested? You know, so we know whether that matters to you or not, or if that's just part of... Uh, you know, that just comes with the game. But I but I know the Players Association is not fond of it. So, and that's why, that's what, because it used to be that way in hockey. They've only changed that in the last maybe 15 years or so because it, they didn't like the travel aspect. And it makes it hard to televise games. Um, you got so many different time zones involved, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, a team yeah. from the East, the New York Rangers are, are playing in Vegas at a time that's nobody in New York wants to watch it because it's ten o'clock at night, that sort of stuff. So it's a little bit easier. But for I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing hockey. it though. 
Yeah, it, it's a little bit it's it, it's easier for basketball because we're more of a United States based sport. We got one team in Canada, and they're well, right on the border. So you guys you can, can also get away with it. You could also argue that basketball could probably play two nights in a row. Oh yeah, and then they do. Whereas hockey, know. whereas hockey, they in the playoffs they don't. There's always a, game, a day yeah. off. So they could they could go the double games, but then you know then that becomes a problem later on because somebody's going to get exhausted doing that too. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if there's an easy solution. They need to change it a little bit though because it's the same. Uh, I would like to see some different matchups. But that's me. Well, I'll let you get back to what you're doing and finish up and uh, All right, keep I'm, up the good I'm work here. I'm four minutes here. over, so I I got to wrap it up and get out of here. Well, go uh, go ahead and finish your play. You got a little time, so go ahead and finish up your matchups, and I'll let you get back to doing what you're doing and and keep up the good work on wide men can't score. Yeah, uh, thank you, sir. And we'll talk to you later tonight, no I assume. Absolutely. All right, man. Have a good one. That, ladies and gentlemen, was the great NBA wide men sports podcasting expert, Nate Bush. Uh, so getting back to the wrap-up, we were just at the last uh, matchup, Toronto and Boston. Um, as you guys all know, I love the Maple Leafs. I'm Maple Leaf through and through. Um but they are going to have to be perfect to beat Boston. Um, they're definitely going to have to win at least one, maybe two games in Boston. Don't know if they can do that. Uh, the Bruins have got an excellent team. They, they've they got everything they need to make a cup run. Um, but if you want to be the best, you got to beat them. So uh, good luck to the Leafs. But if I'm betting... Uh, it's Bruins in seven, uh, and that pains me to say that, but uh, and I hope I'm wrong, but that would be my pick. So that wraps up the uh, playoff selections. Um, by the time we come back uh, next Monday, we'll be uh, smack dab in the middle of it. Um, I believe, if memory serves, I'm just going to have a quick look. Uh, the games, of course, start Wednesday night and alternate uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, so we'll be halfway through the series for uh, when we come back on the uh, 16th, which is actually perfect because it's a good time to reevaluate them all. And, uh, we'll move on from there. So this has been uh, Tim, or TD as I like to say, coming to you from the Great White North. Uh, it is uh, 1.07 Mountain Time, so 3.07 on the uh, on the East Coast. I uh, hope everybody's having a good Monday. And uh, before I go, I would like to mention that I believe tonight, I'm not sure what the time is, uh, keep your eye out on the Twitter or on the Facebook page for the uh, Wide Men uh, WrestleMania wrap-up. Um, it was quite the uh, show if you're into the wrestling, which I know a lot of you are. And uh, don't forget, uh, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern is the flagship show, uh, Wide Men Can't Jump, which got this crazy, whole crazy thing started. Uh, uh, one of the fast-moving uh, NBA podcasts, and I can say, because I'm privy to the numbers, that uh, the last episode 
has been our highest rated show where Tom and uh, Nate broke down the process of the 76ers, uh, much to some people on Twitter chagrin, who flung some hate our way, but uh, (laughs) they'll learn fast that that wide men that we don't care, uh, we speak our minds, we give our opinions. Um, The only way we're going to back up is if you present us with fact, which uh, nobody did. and you can't in that situation anyway. You either trust the process or you don't. Uh, but that being said, that's what you get on our show. And then Thursdays, uh, usually around 7 o'clock, is the uh, Tim and Tom show where we look at some pop culture stories uh, and basically call everybody an idiot. So if you like the Jim Cornette show and things like that, but you want it from a different slant because uh, we're not just uh, – uh, left-wing or right-wing haters. We're lefty haters, too. We pretty much hate everybody. If it's stupid, we'll call it stupid. Um, you can check into that on the uh, Wide Men Podcast Network here at uh, blogtalkradio.com. Just go to the site. That's uh, blogtalkradio.com. Type in Wide Men Can't Jump and click on the top listing, and it'll bring up all of our shows in a nice little archive there for you to listen to and download. And we'd appreciate it if you took the time to do that because, hey, we love you all, even those of you who are haters. If you listen, it's all good. So with that, uh, as I said, this is Tim. Have a great day, and we'll catch up to you guys later. I am out of here.